0: Ladies and gentlemen, goobers and ghouls, dear listeners, welcome back to Fear Boners. Fear Boners presented by the Down in Front podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and I am super excited to be here with you tonight, dear listeners, as we review a little movie called Sam Was Here. Now, this is going to be another one that I found on Shudder because as I talk pretty much on every episode more recently Uh, It's a great little horror streaming service, constantly bringing uh, new movies to my attention, which I really appreciate. And as always, it's a great segue for me to remind you. always feel like you can reach out to us directly at the podcast, either via Twitter at fearbonersdifp, or email us directly at fearbonersdifp at gmail.com to let us know what movies you're watching. We would love to hear about new movies that we're unaware of. We'd love to take your recommendations and make some reviews and hear directly from you what you think about these movies. But before we jump right into that, I just want to give a special thanks to our returning listeners and give a special thanks to our brand new listeners. Thanks for stopping by. It warms the cockles of my cold, dead heart that you were turning your radio dial and wound up listening to our pod so thanks so much before we get into things let's take a moment to talk about what I'm drinking and what I'm watching besides what the movie that we're going to be discussing this evening is as for what I'm drinking I'm drinking a gin and tonic because why the hell not there's never really a bad time for a gin and tonic unless you're driving but then again I wouldn't also be recording a podcast in a car so here I am. And as for what I'm watching, uh, I recently had the opportunity to to finally watch The Road Movie, which is a fantastic little semi-documentary. It's listed as a documentary, but really it's basically just a YouTube compilation that was cut to look like an actually produced movie, where it just takes hours and hours of Russian dashcam footage and cuts it together in a great hour and a half ish long montage of crazy shit it's almost like world's wildest police chases meets just crazy russian compilation video shit because half the time it's the the crazy shit that's going on in on or around the car and then the other time it's like what are these people talking about because of course there's a whole bunch of russian going on but they do the due diligence to translate all of it so you can hear you can understand what they're saying too it's great. It's a, it's a fun little movie. Um, quick watch, probably I watched it by myself, but I feel like it would be a great watch to, to, to have viewed with friends. I'm sure I haven't had a chance to look at this online, but I'm sure there's probably drinking games around this film because it is, it's a doozy. So if you, if you like that, if that sounds like it's something up your alley, there's nothing, there's nothing too shocking. There's a few, uh, uh, jump moments where you're just like, Oh, holy shit. But I don't think you actually see anybody die or anything too nuts in the movie but it is intense. Uh if you are triggered by like car accidents or anything weird like that, I might avoid it, but it is it is a pretty interesting film all in all. And then additionally, I did have the opportunity to catch the the latest Dragon Ball Super movie when it was in the theater here in Boston and it was actually surprisingly good. I mean, I was in a, a theater packed with a very interesting crowd, I heard a lot of interesting conversations, whispered tones, um, people who could not control the volume of their voice overwhelmingly neck beardy basement dwelling dude crowd at this show, which was a little off putting the the overwhelming stench of theater b o was was unusual but we're we're here to talk about the the movies themselves, not the viewing experience, but the movie itself was actually really great if you're a fan of the the dragon Ball Z Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball what have you, any of those those series. This is a great installment. Lots of people are saying it's one of the best movies that they put out. It's really well produced. The animation style switches several times throughout the film. And as also a student and fan of traditional animation, I really appreciated the fact that it was handled in a way where there's not too much of like what you see in a lot of modern animation or a lot of modern Japanese animation specifically is this weird CG equivalent or cell shaded bullshit that they kind of try to squeeze in between certain scenes there's a little bit of that but it's not super distracting and the style's great the the characterizations are great unfortunately we had to watch the the dubbed version i would have preferred to watch the original subbed version but that's fine i feel like any viewing of this movie if you're a fan of the series you'll really enjoy it so definitely if you have a chance if they're doing a limited showing or any sort of fathom event at a theater near you check it out it's a feature-length film it's probably one of the longer movies that they put out in the series, so yeah, definitely serves to fans, but it's also definitely much more well-produced, written, and put together in general. It definitely does a fair amount of fan service, but it's actually more coherent than a lot of the past movies that came out in the 90s. So yeah, check out either one of those movies, The Road Movie or Dragon Ball Z Super Brawly. Neither of which... Are really in the horror genre, but now we're going to get into the movie that we're here to talk about, Sam Was Here Now we are going to get into some spoilers, so if you do feel like watching this movie, stop the pod get Shutter, or find somewhere else to watch it, find it on iTunes rent it, what have you, and then check out the movie and then come back and hear what I have to say about it because it is a good one, it's a fun little, it's a fun little ride um, generally, if you enjoy weird trippy California desert I don't even know how to like quantify this film there's a lot of movies that I would say that it was like or take bits and pieces of other movies and cram it together to make Sam was here but basically the gist is if you liked Quentin uh, DuPont's Rubber which is the movie about the uh, the psychic tire that blows up people's heads that rolls around the desert in like a weird little town full of creepy people you'd probably like this movie now, it makes more little little more sense than Rubber. It has a bit more of a coherent story. But it is very much along that vein of being just kind of in the middle of nowhere, very isolationist, and um, a, character, a character that you can a little bit more relate to because it's a person rather than a tire. But I would say that there's a bit of Rubber in it. There's a bit of It Stains the Sands Red, if you've seen that one, with the girl who's wandering around the desert being chased by the zombie... And there's a little bit of The Bad Batch, if you've seen that one. That one's really weird. It's basically Jason Momoa and some other folks are bodybuilding cannibals that live in the desert in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, and they he falls in love with this girl that they've already eaten half of, and then they go off on this weird kind of journey. It's a weird one. So yeah, I would say it's like a weird desert movie, but also kind of has that mysterious abandoned ghost town vibe to it because we're introduced to sam he's a traveling salesman and he goes to this clearly probably some small desert town somewhere in you know the outskirts of california or what have you and he's going door to door knocking on doors trying to get people to sign up or interested in whatever he's selling and he just not is not getting anybody and pretty much all he can, he, he's driving around, everything's empty, everything's abandoned. He he keeps calling his wife, and you can tell that there's potentially something going on there because she's not picking up, and he keeps apologizing for something. And he keeps saying that he's concerned about the little ones, so they have a kid, but then you're not sure if the kid's his, or maybe it's just, you know, some other situation. But, so there's Sam, and he's just there, and he's doing his thing, and he's the only person you really know or introduced to or can relate to on the screen there's these other people who are kind of in the sides of your mind but you haven't really seen them and you don't know if they actually exist or you don't know what's really going on you just know it's starting to get weirder and weirder because the further he goes into the town the more you realize like shit there's nobody here but then slowly other people are introduced okay so there's the character of his wife potentially the character of his daughter There's a creepy radio guy who has, like, a show that people are calling into because he keeps tuning his radio in his car, and that's kind of really interesting, the character of Eddie, who starts talking about, like, oh, everybody beware, there's a murderer on the loose, like, he killed a family, killed kids, like, this and that, blah, 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 and, like... That's when you start to get weird vibes. It's something something strange going on and you don't really know. Like, okay, so there's somebody murdering people, but is that where everybody's gone? Like, they're either hiding from this dude or they've been killed already. And so this is all kind of happening in the background. It's like, it's like when you watch that zombie movie where, like, nobody's paying attention, but the radio's talking about an outbreak and nobody's ready for it when it happens, but it's all been right there. So... The radio's kind of on, he's calling his wife, he's distracted, he's not hearing about the murderer, but then he slowly starts to pick up on it as he's going around, trying to go from house to house to sell his wares, or his services, or what have you. And finally, I believe he stops in like a diner or somewhere, and he, he grabs something, like a 7-Eleven type shop, and he grabs some, some supplies and leaves some cash, and then he starts thinking that he sees people, and he tries to go to a hotel because it gets to be past, like, the sun's going down, he needs a place to stay, and he already has a hotel sort of lined up. He goes in, leaves money on the counter, takes a key, but as he's going to his hotel room, because he calls his boss, too, that's another character of the boss, and saying, like, hey, I don't think there's any business to be done out here because there's nobody really out here. It's kind of weird. You keep hearing the radio talking about, you know, People call... Like, even just people calling into the radio and be like, oh, yeah, I hope they catch this guy. That's when you start to kind of realize that it's not... It's a movie that's set in a very specific time frame because he starts to get these... I almost want to say text message, but it's a beep. He, he has a beeper. So he keeps getting beeped on his beeper. And shortly after he hears things about, like, the terrible things this murderer did... He gets a beep that says, like, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself, like, pervert, or you should, like, child molester. Like, all these, like, threatening kind of, like, accusatory things are being beeped at him, and he doesn't know why. So there's this great scene where he actually calls back the number that beeped him and, like, leaves this message just like, hey, I don't know who you are. Like, if this is some sort of prank, it's not funny. And, like, you can tell that he's starting to get a little uncomfortable. And then I think it's at this point where we start to get the vibe that there are people who are watching him. But he's still wandering around, still hasn't seen anybody. He starts to go a little bit crazy because then he's starting to have car trouble too. And it's clear that he's cutting through town because he's trying to get back to his wife and daughter. Because he also has this bear that he wants to get to his daughter. It's like a stuffed animal. Yeah, and then he's having car trouble. And he's broken down on the side of the road. I feel like every time in these episodes I get to a point where I'm listening to the narrative that I'm weaving the graphical tapestry that I'm weaving with my tongue for you, this painting that I'm creating so that you can follow along at home. And I realize that it doesn't make any sense at all because I'm jumping around so much. But it's at this point in the narrative when he's broken down on the side of the road, realizes he's going to have to walk to get gas or, like, get a tow truck or what have you. He decides to take the bear with him because he's going to hitchhike or something and try to get home. And there's suddenly a cop... Oh, yeah. So his car doesn't break down this time. At one point, his car breaks down. But the second time, his car doesn't break down. He actually runs over a spike strip that is put down that looks like the things that cops put down during, like, police chases. So he's, like, looking at it. And he sees that there was a spike strip and pops all of his tires. So he's basically just stranded in this desert in, like, high heat, like, at noon, like, high sun, high heat. So he has to get shelter. He has to find some way to fix his car or, like, get get where he's going. So he takes the bear, and he's walking down the, the highway. And he sees a car pulled across, diagonally across the highway. It's a cop car. So as he's approaching, he's waving, and he's trying to get the cop's attention. But then suddenly the camera view switches, and we see that the cop is actually aiming a rifle at him. And I think at this point, too, the radio is still going off in the cop's car and talking about everybody's concerned about trying to find this killer and everybody thinks you know it's a stranger in town and nobody's ever seen him before and like they know he's killed all these people and he's trying to like sam's like hey like i need some help and then boom he gets shot like right in the shoulder (laughs) like just knocked right off his feet by the cop and so then at that point he decides to get the hell out of there and he's running he's running i can't remember what he does if he winds up I think he winds up stealing the cop car somehow yeah he like he like charges he charges the cop he has like a thing to basically like distract the cop he steals the cop car and like sort of runs and at that point obviously he's trying to call you know he's trying to find a phone because he doesn't have his phone anymore he doesn't even have i don't think he has a cell phone that's it's supposed to be like the late 90s and that's why he needed the pay phone and um so now you know something weird's happening now you know either, like, they think he's the stranger from out of town, he's the killer, and that's why they've been avoiding him, but, like, what's going on with this weird cop just shooting him without saying anything? So Sam's panicking, he's bleeding, he dropped the bear, he doesn't have the bear anymore, he lost his daughter's bear, he stole a cop car, I think, if I remember correctly, and he's on the run, trying to find a phone, calls several people, keeps hearing the, the radio show saying that there's, like, a murder on the loose, and then I think at this point, Point is when all of a sudden like he's aware that like the radio station is also like aware of him, which is kind of like a cool turn, like a weird thing where there's like this almost acknowledgement of kind of the fourth wall, sort of like what they do in rubber, where Eddie the radio person is like, Oh, the killer's name is Sam, and then everybody starts shitting on Sam and talking about how shitty he is, and like he's you know he killed the family, and he's getting like beeps again. And at that point, he winds up in... He finds some trailer park, I think. No, yeah, so I don't think he steals the cop car. I think he, like, runs and finds, like, this trailer park that's just off the highway. And he winds up in a trailer, and he's trying to hide from the cop because he knows the cop's still looking for him. And he tries to find a phone. And there's this great scene where he's in the trailer, and the cop comes in with, like, a shotgun. And they have a confrontation, and he winds up having to kill the cop but it's like really intense cuz like the cop's got a gun and he's like this big cop he's got like the the motorcycle he's like a cop he's got a cop car but for some reason he has like the helmet that a motorcycle cop would have so his face is fully covered so you don't know who he is but he's dressed like a cop and so you think like well maybe this is the killer so there's this great moment where you're like well shit like what's going on there's clearly some things that maybe is sam hallucinating because he's been out in the sun for too long or is he actually like a killer and he's just wandering around and he's just emotionally unstable or is the the weird cop guy who's trying to kill him the killer what's going on at this point in the movie but the thing of it is that's what this movie is is from here on out basically you think you know what's going on but you really have no idea what's going on and then by the end of the movie you're just like what did i just see but it's still fairly enjoyable because it is it is really weird and i appreciate weird cinema and that's why i do liken it to movies like rubber for example And so he's basically, like, at that point, running around. He has a moment where, I think it's actually in one of those trailers, he runs into an old lady who's, like, hiding, and he tries to ask her for help, and then she panics, and he accidentally... This is where you get the feeling that maybe he is a killer of some sort or, like, just unstable because he's struggling with this old lady who's, like, concerned that he's the killer because she doesn't know who he is, and he barged into her house. And in the ensuing, like, grabbing her to apologize and try to explain things, he accidentally dumps, or maybe he does it, like, he hits something and, like, a whole, a whole bucket of boiling water that was on the stove just dumps over on the old woman, and she's, like, dying because she's been scalded and, like she's there and she's saying oh my my boys will kick your ass my boys are here and he looks out and there's like two dudes that are there like almost like just coming home to their mom's house like ready to kick his ass and so at this point I think he has the gun from the cop that he killed I know I'm probably remembering things out of order There's so many, like, this movie's punctuated by these Like, really low, slow moments Where nothing's happening, and he's kind of lost And he's wandering through these great, deserted scenes And then there's these Really tight, action-packed moments Where shit like this happens, and it's, like, really frenetic And and crazy and hectic and, And that's what this movie does really. Like, the pacing's, like, really good in this movie And so From here He gets chased by the two brothers And he winds up killing both of them and that's when it like it just ramps up because first he scalds the old lady with the spaghetti the spaghetti water like the boiling spaghetti water I don't think he kills her I think she's just like really badly burned and then he kills both of her sons in the desert because they chase after him and one of them he just shoots with a gun and the other one I think he beats to death if I remember correctly and it's at this point he's shot through the shoulder and he's already covered with blood but then he's covered with their blood and now he just looks he does just look the part he looks like a freaking crazy person. And so suddenly the movie went from like, you know, a three to like a 12 on a scale of 10. And you're just like, well, shit, like, what's going to happen next? When are we going to figure out, like, why does everybody want to kill him? And then that's when you start noticing that, like, maybe there are other people in town who are watching him, who are trying to get him. And so eventually he winds up back at the hotel that you are introduced to in the beginning of the movie. Not the beginning of the movie, but when the one that he's basically there at. And I can't remember if you saw it before, if the concept of it was introduced, but there's been this door in his room. There's like a hole in the wall and he sees a weird red room and then he goes out and there's a door that's just covered in chains and padlocks like nobody's allowed in that room for a specific reason or what have you. And so, like, he sees that a couple times it doesn't really... He thinks it's weird, but he doesn't really do anything about it. So he sees into the red room from his room because there's a hole in the wall and he knows there's some weird shit over there, but he doesn't know what it is. It's probably supposed to be a metaphor for something. and There's, like, a doll laying on a bed. It could probably mean some, some weird shit. But then, by the time he gets back after he kills the cop and he kills the two sons and he scalds the old lady, he is basically... <laughs> Almost the the character that these people are making him out to be, and you realize that through that, like he sort of has this transformation of being like this simple family guy salesman person to being this like cra- Sure, it seemed like he was defending himself, and some of it was accidental, but like he is a killer at that point. He is covered in blood, and he looks crazy. But he gets back to the hotel, and all the padlocks and chains are removed from that door, and I think it's cracked open. So curiosity having already killed the cat he decides to go in and when he's in there everything's doused in red light it's like this great creepy room and there's all this weird shit and this is when this is the height of he's hearing weird shit on the radio he keeps trying to call his wife and he can't get through to her and like nobody's answering he hasn't heard back from his boss nobody has he hasn't like directly spoken with anybody unless you count like the old woman that he accidentally scalded He's been isolated this whole time, and you don't really get a a feel for how long he's been out there. Maybe, like, a few days, two to three days, maybe, like, a weekend, or maybe, like, a week. But he's been by himself, essentially, the whole time. And you can sort of tell, like, that's the great thing, not only the pacing in this movie, but also the vibe, the personality. Like, you can tell his his sanity is kind of draining because he's been so isolated and so just trying to process all this heavy shit on his own. And he's been trying to reach out for help, but he can't get anybody. Nobody is willing to help him or nobody is trying to help him. Everybody's just like, no, fuck that guy. Sam's the killer. Sam's like a stranger. And so at this point, he's in the room looking around and he sees a dead body. There's just like an old woman who's clearly been sitting in a wheelchair since Lord knows when because her body is fully mummified and black and desiccated. And you can tell from his reaction, the whole room smells like the body's been there for a really long time. And it's at this point towards the end of the film that he is confronted by eddie who is the guy who's been sort of pestering this whole time on the radio station and so he has this conversation because basically what happens is the phone rings and we're introduced to i can't remember what they name the character but i figure it's just eddie but it's we never we never actually see him. It's always his back facing the camera, but he's like this gaunt, skinny, bald dude, with a like a, with a radio setup and like a, a VCR and a tape recorder, and he communicates via audio clips through a phone. So he calls the hotel room because he knows that Sam is there, and through these like real creepy, almost like hostage, kidnap, ransom note, almost audio. Like very chopped up. He he basically tells him, like, you're the killer and we're gonna kill you and he 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 makes all these veiled threats and then he denies it vehemently. At this point, you realize that he's sort of so emotionally drained and like so like he's almost starting to believe it, but he's also just saying, like, I can never do that. And then Eddie plays a VHS tape that somehow feeds from wherever he is, which I'm assuming is probably also in the hotel somewhere. Into the t- into the old school TV that's in the hotel room that he's in that shows he first he plays audio of a guy assumedly killing a little girl, like strangling her. And then there is a video that he puts on that shows like the back of a man as he's like throttling someone throttling someone's neck. And so At this point, it just, it looks very bad for him. But at the same time, he's like, I don't remember that. That wasn't me. That's, I don't know who you think I am. And he's like kind of getting real nervous, but also being like, that couldn't have been me. I'm not a killer. But then you think, you're like, yeah, you did. You've technically killed like three people already. We watched you do it. And he starts talking about how he's a family man and he has a family and he can never do that because he loves his daughter. He loves his wife. And then that's when Eddie plays like another clip where he actually called this woman who Sam has been calling periodically throughout the movie, who hasn't been answering or returning his calls. And she's like, I don't know who this man is. My husband died five years ago and he's making me and my daughter very nervous. He's making my daughter very upset. I have no idea who this man is who's calling. If he's the killer, this is really messed up. And then for him, he's just like, that really warps him because he's like, why is my wife saying that she doesn't know who I am and I'm dead? This is where it starts to get weird because, spoilers, none of this will be explained by the end of the film. It's just very, it's very broadly brushed over. Very broad painting at the end of this film. Very vague ending. It just gets weirder and weirder because you have this bizarre robotic radio VCR conversation between twitchy naked, sweaty Eddie the radio disc jockey with his back to the camera and Sam covered in blood, just, like, kind of... He looks worse on the outside, but really, you know, his brain is the the thing that's broken, like, trying to comprehend everything that's going on right now. And to this point, the way that the movie just amps up, again, to, to credit its pacing, like, it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder. And then at that point, Eddie sort of wraps the conversation tells him that something akin to like, you are a killer and we're going to stop you. And then when Sam looks outside, the town is there, not a ton of people, but a decent group of people are implied to be there outside the hotel room with like weapons and they're ready to get him. And then we're basically in the final stretch of the film where we see Eddie sort of is listening because there's audio receivers in the hotel room the people from outside break into the hotel room or not even break he left the door open but they take him out and they all have like rakes and hammers and like sledgehammers and shovels and like blunt objects and they're just beating him, beating him, beating him beating. Him. and you can hear him saying like, I'm not a killer I didn't do it, I'm Sam but I'm not, you know and Eddie's listening and you think they beat him to death Sam the guy who you may or may not have been rooting for, he's just very, like you can't tell because you don't know by the end of the movie, you don't know if he is who he says he is, or if he is who they say he is, or, like, what the the, the situation is, if he's just a crazy person, or if something weird happened, because there does seem to be this, like, strange kind of supernatural Twilight Zone-ish. It does very much feel like a weird, trippy trance, house music Twilight Zone episode, because this is very much just Quentin DePose movie. is as much about the music as it is about the movie itself, the music in this movie is pretty cool Uh, the ambiance of the scenes that are set by the score are pretty cool the editing's great because it'll last like there are some long shots that linger just long enough to get a point across or to like set a mood for a scene so like I think that was really well done in this movie but yeah so the town the people who you've been hearing on the phone with Eddie presumably who've been watching him the whole time but have been hiding and ignoring him come in beat the shit out of him and you think that's the end of the movie because there's like a 10 or 15 minute black screen that then cuts back to the hotel but you see you hear Sam kind of just like regaining consciousness groaning you can tell he's in a lot of pain but he's in a shower and he's behind like the curtain and he's like grasping at the curtain he's covered in blood and that's when you just see unidentified hands Pouring what is is assumed to be and I guess implied to be some sort of acid into the tub so because it's a, a plastic bathroom liner a plastic bathtub liner it's not going to burn through any of that like if you've ever seen Breaking Bad it's essentially the way that they dispose of that body in the first or second season when it burns through the floor of the house so they basically pour all this acid on sam while he's still barely alive and it's it's one of the more brutal deaths i've seen in a movie like this but the thing is you don't see you literally only see like his silhouette you hear the bubbling and hissing as the person's pouring the acid over the 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 bathtub liner onto him assumingly he's naked and it's just dissolving him and you just see sort of his silhouette as well as like blood splashing up and like you just hear him struggling and having a hard time and it's very it's very tough as much as it is just implied that he's essentially melting and the whole time Eddie's listening to these sounds and he's kind of like tweaking out like kind of having like a, a moment and then once it dies down he takes off his headphones and then the movie sort of fades again and comes back later and you're not sure what to think the movie's easing into an ending but you think maybe that was fake maybe it was a bad like we're going to find out something it was a bad dream or it was a movie in a movie or like you know it's going to be some sort of like staged produ- there's going to be some sort of thing to explain it or it's but there's not really like the next thing we see is the camera outside the hotel the camera goes into the hotel sam's stuff is in like the bear, the teddy bear is stuffed in a trash can that's the uh, the the hotel maid like her mobile little unit with all of her supplies and stuff. The trash can is full of the girl little girl's bear and she is cleaning up the room that he was killed like basically the kill room and she's in the bathroom just vigorously trying to scrub the blood out of the shower curtain. Like you would just take you would just replace the shower curtain. There's so much blood. So basically that's how the movie ends. Sam is killed by the town, is just devoured. You don't ever get to find out if he is the creepy, weird, child molester, killer person. Like, I guess it's implied that maybe... I guess you could take it a few different ways. The guilt made him forget the fact that he did molest his child, and then he went on the run, but he thought he was still a salesperson, but he broke in a way that he thought he was still doing his job, but he was really going around killing people, but... You saw what he saw when he was in his delusion. Like, none of this is ever explained. There's a few different ways you could probably translate it, but it's just... it's Like, the weirdness of it is why I enjoyed it. Like, it's nothing... Nothing is very on-the-nose. Everything's very vague. It's very much left up to the viewer. You could assume... He is the killer, he is the pervert, he is the weirdo, and hate him, hate him, hate him, and think that he deserves what he gets at the end of the movie. You could also think that he is just, like, a random person who walked into the wrong town, a town of people who don't trust strangers, and they just wanted some sort of justification to kill him the way that they did. And it was unfortunate. He was just wrong place, wrong time. And... Yeah, I mean, there's other there's other ways you could you could choose to interpret it as well, but I think that's what I like about it. It's not quite a choose your own adventure; it's a kind of a choose your own ending, choose your own character. You get to write a little bit of the movie, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, weird movie. Definitely more more of a horror ish type type genre. If you have a chance, find it. It's on Shutter, but you could also probably rent it or find it on iTunes, what have you. Sam was here. Fun little movie. Weird little movie. Definitely check it out if you have a chance. And that's going to wrap this one up. So, again, thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front Podcast. I am your host, Andrew. And if you like what you've heard, you can find more over on downinfrontpodcast.com. We also have a Facebook page over on facebook.com backslash Podcast. You can also email the Down and Front guys directly at thecrew at downinfrontpodcast.com. We also have a YouTube channel where we post some of our video teasers as well as full episodes. You can look for us on there. We also have the Gamescast over on Twitch where sometimes you'll see Bryland or maybe Warren and myself playing some Monster Hunter or Spider-Man or what have you, just shooting the shit. You can find that over at twitch.tv backslash down in front podcast. We also have an Instagram where we post a lot of the art from our episodes, the title pages, as well as links directly to the episodes. You can follow us there to keep you up to date all of these places, as well as Twitter at underscore D-I-F-P or at fearboners D-I-F-P. We will constantly keep you updated with new content when we release new things, or you can also go back and look at our back catalog. We're well over 100 episodes at this point, so there's so much listening for you. If it's a new movie, if it's an old movie, classic movie, we have an episode for you at this point that you're probably going to want to listen to if you haven't already heard it. And also, also, also... You guys have heard me say this a few times already, but it goes without saying, we love you. We love having this ongoing conversation, and we do it absolutely for free. But if for any reason you feel like you'd love to contribute and help us make sure that we get this content out to you on time, then take a look over at Patreon at patreon.com backslash down in front podcast. You can potentially sign up to uh, dedicate a dollar, five dollars a month, what have you. Even a dollar helps. Like an Arizona iced tea, the price is on the can. Every little bit helps us to get this content out to you on time, fresh and delivered to your ears, whether it be on your lunch break, on your commute to work, from work, what have you. We'd love to have you listen to us wherever you are, even if it's on the toilet. That doesn't bother us. Just don't tell us about it. So anyway, thanks again for listening. We'll be back sooner rather than later. And as always, keep it creepy and stay spooky, dear listeners.